He's a monkey with symbols in his hands instead yeah, of just bad. catching the foot. And that's, this. they're giving us like a 24 hour go feed. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's a Bill City. It's a yeah, a Buffalo Bill City. Uh, yeah, we got Josh Allen. Got Steph- I know they mentioned something about an ultrasound to yeah. check the nerve endings and everything. Hopefully, else. he's not pregnant. That would, be, that not would be a disaster. I hear that's a nine month timeline to recover from at the minimum is yeah. what i've heard yeah like mckenzie on a jet sweep maybe it's a fake honestly it's a td either way when you got josh allen making plays win a bowl before we get a new stadium Who someone's making us? a new twitter at some point maybe we should do that yeah, honestly i'll just start a shared google doc and that's that's that'll be that's that'll be twitter. our new twitter that'll be our new twitter <laughs> just people people just adding shit in anonymous hedgehog is saying fuck your mom like, <laughs> this is our team forever it is forever folks welcome into a brand new episode of the crowd podcast presented by trainwreck sports wake here with my co-host the jake micah and of course our very special guest for this buffalo rumblings own jay spence the king jay spence great to have you on we've been looking forward to this for some time how's your tuesday evening going man it's uh it's going good real quick man shout out to down brown man like everything yeah i know right Mm-hmm. everything like you playing the intro and i'm just like man he everything he does he's great but yeah no tuesday's been great we woke up with um with news about cole beasley and great yeah that was i mean that that made my day i've been i've been pounding the table to get cole beasley back in orchard park i thought it would never happen based mm-hmm. off of how the they broke up the team and, and cole <laughs> broke up um but but yeah no for me today's been great i think your your day has been a little different but we're <laughs> yeah. here we are here, and, and you know, uh, on that note, before we talk about Bills Jets, Bills Dolphins, Beasley, um, Jake and I definitely want to address the elephant in the room. Um, last night on Trainwreck Tonight, uh, Jerry Sullivan made some comments that, frankly, just I, I was watching live, and they just they really made me just absolutely sick to my stomach. It was ignorant. It was reprehensible. Like knowing football is not a matter of testosterone. It's just genuine interest in the sport. Like it's, it's absolutely maddening that that is a rational thought in someone's mind. And, and my favorite guest that we've ever had on this program is Robin Mundy from the Buffalo fan base at Jay Spence. I don't know if you've ever done a show with her, but she is just top to bottom, a great human being. And, and on top of that, Every time she's on this show, she brings such a nuance to this conversation, a perspective that I hadn't even was not even on my radar. And she Mm -hmm. is the one guest that we've had where every time that I'm done talking to her, I can say confidently, I am a smarter football fan because of her. And for Jerry to come on one of our shows and undermine her, undermine all of the women in Bill's Mafia, whether they're fans or journalists and just women in sports in general, it's just w- women should be able to enjoy whatever they want without this bullshit just happening, for lack of a better word. And, and so, you know, to any women who are watching, I understand if you don't feel comfortable commenting on this program, making your voice heard with us, I understand we need to earn your trust back. However, don't let men like Jerry discourage you from loving football, from learning about it, and from talking about it with whoever you want to, 
whenever you want to, because it's, it's one of the great unifying things in sports. We've been saying that for years. We see it with the World Cup right now. And just for something like this to be happening in any year, but let alone with with how much progress we think is happening in the world in 2022, it's just it's it's sickening. And, and Spence, I know I know that, you know, you're here under these unfortunate circumstances. And, and I want to give you the floor to say whatever you want on this subject as well. Yeah. So first, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything that you said about uh, the comments that Jerry made. They were absolutely um, not only incorrect, but they were insensitive yeah. and they were um, just just any any negative way you can view it, view it that way. Like that nothing about that was right. Um, but but the next step I want to take on on this is um, going through. So, for instance, you and I, the, the three of us spoke um, privately prior to, to going live here. Um, I talked a little bit about um, when my Aunt Pearl was was killed in at Tops. And one of the things that I remember and it's because it's something I still live with every day is when you're going through something that's motivated from a place of um any type of negative ism. So whether it's sexism, racism, any of those negative isms, um, you want your friends, you want your allies, the people who, who claim that they are on your side to take a stand. So ladies, everything that, that uh, Wake said, yes. Um, if, you, if you feel uncomfortable, reach out to me. I got your back. Uh, we'll earn your trust. We'll keep your trust. But then fellas, let's do better, fellas. Like as, as, mm -hmm. The guys, when you see this stuff, so on the timeline, don't sit back and still kind of uh, try to pat Jerry on the back or try to be <clears> part of the good old boys club. I get it. We get caught simps. We get caught all types of stuff. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is, if you truly care about somebody and you, if you have a sister, you have a mother, a daughter, a niece, any, if you're related to any woman, this type of stuff should bother you <laughs> so, and speak up on it. So, um, you know, for me, like I said, I agree with everything you said about Jerry. Um, unfortunate in one regard that he uh, had to lose his job for it, but that's the consequences. Every action has a yeah. reaction and <clears throat> Hey, deuces, man, you know, yeah. he, he ticked me off Sunday with Josh anyway. So deuces, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, ladies, you, you have a friend in me and I promise you, anytime I see stuff like that, I'm going to stand up for you with you and walk with you for that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you guys both said it perfectly there um i like i like you guys said we have to earn trust back here at this space but it's still a space where we want to be encourage everybody and anybody to be involved in our platform and give their opinions and share and and do whatever with our content because that's the kind of space that we want to be in with everybody um yeah it's disappointed that we have to address this on our platform like we said had when we're trying to you know talk about a fun bill season and everything else but hopefully we can mm -hmm. learn from this experience and also just i think if there's any silver linings, people highlighting the great work of people in Buffalo that are doing work, great women. Yeah. We have, yes. you know, Catherine Fitzgerald, Elena Getzenberg, a couple names, Maddie Gab, Rachel Hotmeyer, mm -hmm. Julian Polisi, Jenna Cottrell. Like those are just a couple names of the women doing great work. The yeah. Bills Mafia fan base, you know, between the Bills Mafia babes, between a woman like Kate Glazer, who's out doing philanthropy. Robin, <laughs> you guys mentioned her. Um, just that we have a great community we've built up great women doing work um, and hopefully this podcast train wreck sports continue to be a positive and inclusive space within there and learn from this experience going forward. That's, that's all we can do and hopefully better yep. ourselves from that. But um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, well said between the both of you. And, and I did retweet a thread that someone put up of some of the great female content creators. So at Wake Jotkins. Yeah, I think Chad uh, or, the put up. Yeah, nice Chad, Chad did it too. It's at too. Trolled by Sachi, at Trolled by S A C H I. Uh, go look at her thread. She has a lot of great women over there. And um, add to it. Anybody, and anybody. Add to it. Mm-hmm. you know newsletter whatever any any kind of content that's out there like that's mm-hmm. like however we can do that and spin this like you said like you mentioned both have mentioned spin it into a positive and build better out from here let's take it and do that yeah and can i shout out amy just the uh the young oh, lady my who goodness. actually yeah. made no, the comment thank you i thank just you. want to shout amy out listen she is one of the most beautiful people is that like she is just like an amazing person she's a great member of bill's mafia great member of the community and Every time that I've seen her and personally interacted with her, it's been nothing but a wonderful time. Like she is just amazing. So I just, again, I just wanted to give you some love, Amy, because you know Absolutely. you you just didn't deserve that. No, you, you said it right. She she didn't deserve that. And and the last thing I'll say on it is we are three men talking about this right now. There's only so mm-hmm. much progress when three men are getting on a podcast to talk about it. I tweeted earlier. My DMs are open. Message me if you want to vent, if you have suggestions as to what we can do better, what we can do to be a positive force for change and to empower the women in our community. I am all ears. I'll be damned if this organization allows something like this to happen twice. Um, So I I think, does anyone have any more thoughts on this or no? All right. It's it's an it's an unfortunate way to start this show, especially during what is a fantastic season for the Bills. But of course, um, it it had to be done. Um, and I hope the men listening that you took something away from this. I, I truly do. Um, but the other news that broke this morning, Cole Beasley, Spence, as you as you mentioned before, he is back in Buffalo, and you've been hammering. I think you and Joe Miller, I saw, have been hammering the table for this for for quite some time. And so, what about Cole Beasley coming back? is so exciting to you so just to put it simply well so there's a couple of things but the first thing before we even talk about his his um his on-field play like th- the things that he actually does like the third downs and all those things you, you got to understand like the familiarity with josh like so mm-hmm. um I, I did a pod earlier and one of the things that one of the guests on there said to me he's like this is the difference between like you going back to college and you having to make new friends as opposed to you just hanging out with your friends from high school and you guys just pick up where you left off. You played basketball together or football together and you just kind of pick it. Like you tell the same jokes and you all get it. It's inside jokes. Now, you know, Cole has that he has that opportunity to come back, uh, be comfortable in an environment where it's really they pretty much got the band back together. You know, you got yeah. John Brown there. <laughs> Stefan Diggs loves it. So you, you got some of the same pieces and Josh Allen wanted this to happen. So, you know, that's the first thing. The second thing is. I appreciate the fact that we have a superstar quarterback that now is he kind of plays the role of player GM, you know, because this wasn't yeah. a, a Brandon Bean move. This wasn't a Sean McDermott move. This was this was 100 percent Josh saying, no, I want Cole back. <laughs> Go get him. And they went and got him. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. And then I then now the obvious we're struggling out the slot. We're struggling we on third down. We're struggling to continue to move the ball down the field methodically. You bring Cole Beasley back for one reason and one reason only. He's third and Cole. He's that guy third on Cole. third down that, you know, if you if it's third and four, he's getting you five. If it's third and 11, he's that guy that's right at the marker that's getting you 11 yards. So that's the guy that we need. You bring him back. Stefan Diggs is going to get some pressure taken off of him. I think Gabe, this will help Gabriel Davis open up and take some pressure off of him. He mm-hmm. hasn't performed up to my expectation. I can't speak for everybody. I know there's some people saying 
he's a wide receiver too. You compare it to other receiver numbers around the league, he's absolutely wide receiver too. I didn't <laughs> expect I, the drops are are huge for me when it comes yeah. to Gabriel Davis. I didn't expect. Um, I don't know where, where where it is now, but at one point of the season, he and Dawson Knox were tied with like 33 receptions, and it was like week 12. It was like week 12, and your wide receiver two has 33 receptions. So mm. that means you're averaging like three, two and a half receptions yeah. a game. Mm-hmm. That's not wide receiver two numbers. When you got Diggs getting eight receptions a game, yeah. I need I need <clears throat> him to take some pressure off, and I need Knox. Not on Knox, but I need Knox to get more involved as well. We're going to talk more yeah. about it. I don't want to just run off, but yeah, no, but for that's sure. The for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the, the the one concern, like I don't care about the the off the field stuff with Cole Beasley. Back in the moment, I'll I'll admit, I definitely did. I you know I got the emotions, the, the you know all of it. I got caught up in it. Right now, my biggest priority is winning a Super Bowl, as all Bills fans should be. And the thing about Cole Beasley that I love the most, sure, the talent is great. If at his peak. He is a game changer for this offense. How much is left in the tank? We're going to find out pretty quickly. But even better than that, he is just a guy that this locker room loves. Like you see the Instagram comments just announcing that he's back. Like you have everybody on this team happy this guy's back, welcoming him back with open arms. And, you know, obviously, as you said, no one happier about that than Josh Allen. Now, mm-hmm. Micah, uh, you know, I, we haven't talked a whole lot about Cole Beasley coming back on this show, so I don't know your stance on it, honestly. We've been, we've been caught up in the OBJ hype, and I think between T.Y. Hilton and Cole Beasley now, we kind of know that that, yeah. that may not happen until the postseason. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but what were your initial reactions to, uh, to Bees coming back? Well, it's funny, Spence, that you brought up the receptions and everything because it was a big point of one of our shows last week. And right now, Isaiah – and Gabe both have 38 catches. Knox has 37. Gabe mm-hmm. has 71 targets to Isaiah's 55 and Dawson's 50. And that's just like, yeah. you can't have that. You can't have that from your wide receiver too. So to that point, I'm happy with any reinforcement in Cole Beasley. It wouldn't, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, whatever, I might've been the exact opposite all against him. And like, they don't need another guy like that. Didn't think that they were that way though. When they were even bringing in John Brown, wasn't expecting that move. Honestly, when it came in, I thought that they were going to go trust Khalil Shakir a little more, give him more of a role. They've given him pretty much no role and just went back and to running it back. So I think that they need all the reinforcements they can get. You saw some of the drops in key situations Mm -hmm. last week with Isaiah specifically. The one on the sideline, I think, is the most egregious where it just kind of – But the ball was wet. But the ball was wet. Yes, the wet (laughs) ball drills. The wet ball drills that they were working on there. It's just like those situations where – I think that's the biggest part of the quarterback's frustration is that he he doesn't trust a lot of guys right now. So having those guys, if they need to, in a pinch, put in the situation where he's going to trust them for better or worse, I'd rather have him – throwing the ball and trusting guys in the situation and being gun shy in a key situation late in the season. So if this is what it's going to take and it's not the receiving core we thought was going to be out there in a key situation, but that's what the quarterback feels most comfortable with roll with the punches and, and throw the guys out there. I still think, you know, them coming late into the season, they're going to have as much juice as they would have. You would hope at this point in their career at all. So maybe they have a key contribution. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility yet either. You yeah. know what? One thing you just said, though, you said 38 receptions now to this point, right? So I just yes. did the math. Mm-hmm. Out of 13 games, I know he missed a game or two with the ankle mm-hmm. injury earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. But if you're averaging the 13 games, that's 2.9 receptions a game. Now, let's take two games out of that just, just for shits and giggles. Let's take <laughs> that out and say that he played 10 games. 
That's three point eight percent. So for a wide receiver two, it's you're averaging less than four receptions a game. And yeah. so I get it. He had the and then and then you want to factor in the fact that he had one huge game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Yep. He's not consistent enough for me. And I love him. I'm not saying this to say like, you know, cut him. I don't know. What I'm saying is bringing back Cole Beasley take some of that pressure off of him. And now maybe he can get open a little bit more. Maybe he can do some things. Mm-hmm. Got to stop dropping the ball. Yeah. He's not a guy you can depend on targeting eight times a game and, and having it work out. It just hasn't worked out this far in the season in a pinch in the playoffs playoff Gabe, he might show up, he might show out and set another NFL record who the hell knows. But, you know, based on everything we've seen this season, you know, is, is he, that's not a situation you want to put your quarterback in. And Micah, you mentioned the idea that Josh, with all these drops, isn't just confident in the players around him. What did, uh, you know, uh, uh, Palmer, what did Palmer say that, you know, is the biggest hindrance on a quarterback? It's confidence. It's not mm-hmm. talent. It's not arm strength. It's just being confident that the ball is going to be caught. And I think obviously the elbow has to do with some of Allen's struggles this year. But you can't say that he's fully confident in the receivers around him, especially like, you know, we, we, we expected more from Dawson Knox this year. And, and Spence, you brought him up. So maybe, you know, we're talking about the passing game as a whole here now. So I think it makes sense to. I think the emergence of James Cook, I mentioned to Micah last week, I think that is the key for unlocking Dawson Knox because tight end and RB, uh, you know, targets, they're pretty correlated because they have the same defenders on the opposite side of the ball assigned for them so if one's open the other is usually covered and vice versa uh not always it's not a one-to-one ratio but like it's 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 a pretty common uh trend there and so i think having a verified receiving threat out of the backfield like james cook not devin singletary love motor love him as a running back but he has his hindrances just like everybody does on this on this offense it seems right now um you know cook is that guy we can rely on and i think that I was surprised at the very least to not see him more involved in the past game on sound Sunday against the jets, especially in a game where the past game was going to be hurt by the weather. I was there. It was cold. It sucked. <laughs> the weather is just horrible, man. Like that first yeah. half it, it, on TV, you could see it. Like, so like normally it's like the weather sucks, but like on TV, it doesn't look as bad. And it's like the weather mm-hmm. on TV sucked, man. So I knew it sucked there in person. <laughs> Those shots of the and, lights. That's how you know. Oh, the lights, man. It's just, oh, it was yeah. like white out at the lights. I was like, oh, yeah. No. And you that just see incredible. the light and then you just see nothing but like just wetness. It is mm-hmm. thick. Yes. And then, and then the one play where, where Josh uh, ran like third or 14 and he did like the little helicopter spin when he got hit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When they showed a different angle from that, you could see it there too. It's just like, uh, just like, it, it was just horrible. So now you you um you, you look at the second half where it was just snow, which to some people is like snow. I'm I'm that person. I'm some people. I hate snow, <laughs> but I but the, dude, I hate it, man. I hate it. But then you look at that, and then you see how as soon as the, the weather started to switch up. Then we get a touchdown to, to Dawson Knox. Then in the second half, you get Josh Allen looking a little bit more like Josh Allen. So it excites me for the Miami game because they're supposed to be, I think, seven and a half inches you know, mm-hmm. of snow. I don't think Miami's really ready for that, man. They're a little beat up right wow. now. Uh, Tariq Hill is beat up right now. Yeah. And so you got this, this team that you – every time I come back to Buffalo, I live in Phoenix now for everybody who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's cold. I came in the summer. Like I came at the beginning of the season. It was early September when we played the Titans. I had like the, the karaoke party and all that stuff that we did. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Dude, I was freezing. 
I was free. I had on hoodies. <laughs> so like, and that's September. Now you talk about this game where it's going to be low thirties and seven inches of snow with, with, you know, it's, it's a completely different ball game. So mm-hmm. you, and then have you guys played football? You know, or, or any like cold weather sports like that outdoors? I, I've played soccer in the snow before. Different, but similar. Well, you get hit in soccer physical. Yeah, you get is. hit. That hurts. Lacrosse, yeah. Lacrosse practice and, in the in I've the played hockey, so indoor cold was never so you fun know. either. <laughs> so, yeah, he knows. so you guys know when it's cold and you get hit, it, it hurts a little bit differently than when you get hit when it's 70 degrees outside. There's an extra sting on there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> you mean from the team that had a heater on the bench in the 55 degree weather that you're talking about right now in a dome that team might have some trouble now in their defense though the chargers also had heaters on your side of the bench i just gotta say in their okay. defense, i know so. how people yeah well you they're living in la though that that's i can't mm-hmm. imagine I'm, like you said you were wearing the hoodies in the what was it probably Dude. 60s mid 60s mm-hmm. in the 70s in september that was a it was probably a little chill maybe a little wind that night but I feel it. We'll see what yeah. happens. I, um, I think that's the the craziest thing about that game next week. I don't know. We're kind of jumping around here next year here, but the yeah, just run of bad <laughs> luck that the Miami Dolphins have run into here, where they get the Brock Purdy game, which you know Jimmy G and that team still might have beat them, whatever. But they mm-hmm. get this quarterback who had, nobody has any tape on, and he's actually pretty good and and makes a ton of plays <laughs> against them. They get that. Then they get Sunday. I don't know what happened Sunday night to the Dolphins. That it was, was beautiful. Like, it was poetry. It looked like they had an out-of-body experience, to be honest. <laughs> and I've been way out on Brandon Staley all year. What, you, what did you think about Sunday night? Because I was like, I didn't think that that performance was possible the rest of this year. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's gone. well, the thing is, so remember a couple of years ago, like the, the Buffalo Bills offense was kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs. Like we were just blowing it up. We, we were explosive. Yeah. Then teams kind of figure out, how to play against Josh Allen. So then he had to find different ways to win. The San Francisco 49ers did the rest of the NFL a favor when mm-hmm. they showed, how, obviously it was their system. It's that head coach's system. So he's like, I know how to defend my system. I'm going I'm to show you. So he did it next week against the Chargers. The Chargers don't have nearly as good of a defense as the 49ers. If you take away that crazy fumble recovery, it's a blowout. It's a blowout yeah. victory. So, you know, you look at that game and you're like, okay, now I think the Buffalo Bills defense is a little bit, maybe a lot a bit better than the Chargers defense. The Chargers, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we have the blueprint and I, I fully expect um, us to do the same thing. But that game to me, it just proved that throughout the year, and I, I said it right after the game, like, or, or the next morning, stop comparing to a tongue of LO to my damn quarterback. Like, don't be so good. <laughs> Because he's just not – he's not my guy. And I get yeah. it. He got two great weapons as a receiver, so now he can make certain throws and they turn five-yard gains to 60-yard receptions. Cool. That's so cool. But <laughs> when they throw off the timing and they start bumping these receivers and these small dudes like, you know, Tariq Hill gets a little bit bruised up, get a little beat up, it's not going to look the same. And they oh, showed man. us that this Sunday and they showed us that the previous Sunday. Stop comparing – that guy to my guy. <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty sure that I, I I if the Dolphins somehow let's say they went 13 and four and won the division this year, Tyree Kill would be MVP. It would not be Tua. It would not he be should close. Be, yeah, yeah. And and honestly, well, there, there's a reason. There's a reasonable argument for him to be in the running for it at this moment in the NFL season too. I still think he should be. 
Yeah. Like, even if they don't, you know, because to me, it's a regular season award. If you take Tariq Hill out of that offense, Tua looks like Tua from last season. Period. Like he he's gonna look like the guy that from two seasons ago that they were like yo-yoing him in and out of the game yeah. for Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's who Tua is when he doesn't have superstar yeah. wide receivers. If it's not him, I also throw Justin Jefferson in that conversation. A hundred percent. It's amazing to me that Tua has been even put into these conversations because of how like how have we not just realized how dynamic like and one of one Tyreek is at this point. Like, I don't know when he's just going to get the full on respect that he like, there's always, he's never, I wouldn't say never brought up in those conversations, but we're always, it's always Jefferson first, Adams first, even Diggs first. And don't, mm-hmm. I love hearing Smart Diggs Chase first in that conversation, Chase mm-hmm. all the time. And Hill might not, maybe not the best out of all those, that group, your v- opinions may vary, whatever, but just the most unique and the way that you can deploy him and everything else. Nobody mm-hmm. else. No, nobody else I've ever seen in my life, but like playing football. I think he's, I think he still has some of that off field. Like he hasn't had any off field issues. But yeah. I just think I think the shadow, like it's a it's a dark shadow that's passed over him. And just because of that, because even even now, like I, I remember uh this week, earlier in the week when it was like, okay, time to look forward to the Miami week. Every every comment, man, I, I would get like anything I post, I would get in a comment about how he did what he did. And it's like, mm-hmm. look, I'm not condoning it. I get it. I don't want to. I don't want to argue on Twitter about political or about stuff like that. Like I, I yes. get on here to talk football. Um, we I don't understand like what, what the NFL did. is. We all understand yeah. what the NFL yeah. is. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's what it is at this moment. And it's know? like at this point, I'm not going to keep going at it, man. It's like he did what he did. I don't <laughs> like it. He shouldn't be in the league, but guess what? He's in the league. He's in. So now so he's we got to talk about him as such. And he's a weapon. You can't. You he's can't great. Teach that speed. Oh man, no! Mm-hmm. That fumble recovery? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was. Yeah, they were saying it was the, like a it's rugby. The burst play. for me. The burst is what is crazy to me because it's zero yeah. to a hundred faster than I've like ever that. seen anybody. Just like yeah, that. just gone. <laughs> um, but I do think there's something to the fact that, like you said, him beat up and the timing and everything else. You you can disagree with a lot of things that Aaron Rodgers said the past however long, but I think there's something he's made a great point on McAfee a couple weeks ago about just the simplicity of those offenses that they're running and how a Brock Purdy can kind of step in and have the success he's having in that Shanahan system. LaFleur, obviously, from that similar system in mm-hmm. Green Bay, which is what Rodgers was speaking of. So when you're talking about it with McDaniel and Tua and throwing off that timing, there's something incredibly to it. We saw how good this – defensive line was last week against the jets and adding into the fact that Tua, i don't know if this is true or not but i think this is the coldest weather game he's going to play in or close to the coldest right. weather play he's ever going to play in add on top of the snow elements that he's never been in not saying that that's going to be a <clears throat> defining factor but you don't know what that's going to happen to a guy like that in those elements until you see it how many times do we see breeze like out in weather element games that they were done. Like you knew, you knew you could count up the Saints and those kind of playoff efforts and everything like that. Could be the fact that Tua is that guy too. And I, I would like you said, I'll take our guy in those <laughs> situations. No matter, even if it looks like it did last week. And this is me jumping around again too. But the thing about last week's performance from Josh, there were missed opportunities. There were obviously drops and stuff. But the biggest thing he's telling himself, you can see it in his decision making. He is just not going to make a mistake and knows that it's McDermott telling him. 
I, I don't know if you guys both thought had this thought. I had this thought during the game. McDermott and Salah were just staring across from each other on the sidelines, just loving the fact that this was like the ugliest defensive <laughs> field possession, Big mm. Ten football ass game that was going on. <laughs> like knowing those two head coaches, they were loving everything about it. And so mm. you know that everything in Allen's ear was to be being safe, taking no chances. And he didn't really take any unnecessary chances from what I remember in that game. And I think that's part of the reason we won that game. You know, if it's an ugly offensive performance, that was a big way to, it's just winning on multiple ways. You don't have to win out pretty all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's like the thing that like, you know, the, the, the fan base seems divided on, you know, even within themselves in, on an individual level, when the bills win a giant game, you know, it's, you know, they, they never win a close game, but then they win a gritty game against a divisional opponent with a top 10 defense in awful weather. And everybody wanted those enough. close games. They didn't want the discourse that comes with the close games. <laughs> yeah. It's the monkey's paw. It's the monkey's paw. Like, like I, it's, it's, this is the bills team, not the bills team. There are aspects from past seasons that I would love to add on, but in past years, we haven't gotten wins in multiple ways. And this year we're finally getting it in the, there's no one consistent formula for winning in the NFL. And so, you know, I think on a talent and production level, I might've been more confident on last in last season's team, but just based on just, it seems like they are a more cohesive one unit this year and they're more focused and zoned in and well coached honestly I feel like the coaching you know we've been talking about Ken Dorsey a lot this offseason McDermott has been getting some fingers pointed at him for in-game management but all in all I think this is the most buttoned up the coaching staff has been since Sean McDermott got here I I love Sean McDermott and I love Ken Dorsey and I I love Leslie Frazier I I, I really I agree with you man I think um and as much as I respect Brian Dayball and I love him and I I hated to see him leave but he he passed the baton to the right guy and yeah look I get that fans want us to blow teams out every single week I get that you know it's like oh we want we got to be 45 to 3 every week we got to play great defense. Tremaine Edmonds has to make a splash play t- three times a game. And yeah, like, I get it. I completely get it. But in reality, you go against teams like the Jets who have a top five defense, top six defense in the league, and they're super tough. They have a great defensive line. And when mm-hmm. your offensive line is a little beat up, guess what? You're not going to look like the offense yeah. you were in week one when you were extremely healthy. So I just I look at that. And then, you know, to swing it back around to this Miami game, I think Miami has to be concerned now because they're beat up. And yeah. guess what? The Bills, we didn't have Jordan Poyer the first time around. We didn't have Tredavious White the first time around. So now mm-hmm. we, you're adding you're adding these two guys to the secondary that really we still should have and could have won that game. And and we gave up a long bomb to to uh, Jalen Waddle at you know at the at scored did he score a touchdown on the pass or was it like a I don't, I don't remember the score, but it was just whatever. like, yeah. But it was like one of those plays where it's just like, damn, we had to give that up. That's not happening with Jordan Poyer back there. No, mm-hmm. I, I vividly yeah. remember Jaquan Johnson like chasing down Jalen Waddle. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what? Like why <laughs> is it? What? Yeah, yeah, and, so, and even less those two players. Do you remember how vast the yardage differential was in that game? The yardage it was, it was literally four ninety seven to two twelve. 
I think Ryan Rossillo had the stat right after that game where he was so adamant against it. He's like, the Bills lost at a statistical anomaly. It was like the 1930s or something to lose with that kind of yard differential, everything. And Josh Allen, if he doesn't short arm a pass to Isaiah McKenzie (laughs) on a wide open out route, they win the game with like 12 seconds left or or a minute 12, whatever, whatever that throw happens in that game. Like that's how it was that close to being a win and we're not even talking about it so i know y'all love isaiah mckenzie over here man but he grinds my gears he <laughs> where grinds did you get that gears. where did you get that idea yeah. <laughs> i was being sarcastic but, <laughs> but he, but, he grinds my gears man and then like yeah. and then lately the little comments that he's making did you see yesterday like before he did a show he With tweeted out like yeah, like he's like, oh, let's do wet ball drills and, and we're going to give prizes out to the, the people who catch them. Are you kidding me? You expect you, a plumber yeah. to come out and catch a wet football? Like, bro, you get paid a couple million dollars a year to catch a football and you yeah. get paid a couple million dollars a year to be a weapon and you get paid a couple million dollars a year to get out of bounds when it's time to get the hell out of bounds. That's that too. Then we got You're games where he's like, before you get the ball. Get out of bounds when you're supposed to. You got a game where he went out of bounds and just stood there, and then Josh ended up throwing the interception, and you didn't even chase the guy down to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and and it brings us all the way back around in this conversation because everything that you're say, saying and that you have seen, you damn well know that our guy Sean McDermott has seen. And mm-hmm. probably was why they're more than okay to bring a guy like John Brown and bring a guy like Cole Beasley back in and be like, you know what? Maybe it's maybe it's not as dynamic as it once used to be, but at least I know what I'm getting out of it. And at least it's consistent Mm -hmm. because that's the thing with Isaiah as much as anything else. He next this game, this Dolphins game, he might be pissed off that they actually sign Cole and go off for some seven Mm -hmm. catch for a hundred twenty three yard game and two touchdowns where he's one of them's a rushing touchdown, too. Yeah. And just (laughs) things like that. And everybody's going to be back on board. But that that effort doesn't happen. I'd rather take if Beasley's going to give us five for 70 over the variance of what we're getting from that position. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And, and the funny mm-hmm. thing is it was, it was Isaiah McKenzie who was like the open recruiter for Cole Beasley to come back. And <laughs> yeah. Right. Listen, I love it. It's Christmas. It's coming early for me. Cause that means Isaiah McKenzie's <laughs> going to see the field less. And that's what I like less Isaiah McKenzie and, and just, just less mistakes. I don't understand. They will bench Devin Singletary if he fumbles or he does something wrong, but he's mm-hmm. clearly, maybe not now, but early in the season, he was clearly our best back. Yeah. Now I think James Cook is showing his, you know, but they will bench him ASAP. This dude, McKenzie, makes mistake after mistake after mistake for season after season after season, and he's still on the roster. He doesn't get benched. They trust him more than anybody. And it's like, why? Dude, Maybe, I get so... It could come back to another main point we brought about. Maybe Josh just likes him. Maybe, Maybe it's a 17 like thing where he's just it's riding okay. with his guy all the way through. I mean, it seems like they're pretty close, those two, a lot like any interactions we see from, you know, 10,000 feet view, whatever. <laughs> it's he, it's like me with with the girl i met my freshman year of college when she transferred out i i i, lo- I thought i loved her but i just loved the idea of her and and i think that's where josh and josh, josh loves right the now. idea of isaiah mckenzie yeah. and gabe davis <laughs> i will say though so it's were you surprised that jay-z was searching out gabe davis because yeah. that really threw me for a loop. No, so Gabe Davis is actually signed to Rock Nation Sports. So thank you. At a game, thank yeah. you. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Never, it makes all sense in the world. It makes all. Yep. Sense Anytime that Jay Z is at a game yeah. and he has one of his players there, it doesn't matter if it's a guy that's like 
okay. you know, not even a starter. If he's on the team and Jay Z's there, he uh, don't ask me why I know this. Jay Z is my no, I know Jay Z is your guy. I know Jay Z is your guy. Didn't know that Gabe's was signed with Rock Nation. That's no yep. makes, makes literally all the sense, sense in the world, world. now. Okay, because yeah, I at first I was just like, damn, Gabe really like he must be in some circle. Like he must just yeah. know. Is he that dude? How is Jay Z? Yeah, like damn. But all right. That makes lots of yep, still that, that was, dude. That was he, it. He's Rock Nation. He's still he's still rock. <laughs> he actually, and you know what? That that game in Kansas City in the playoffs is what got him that elevation. He, <laughs> he had that big game, and then mm. like a week later, you know, we're eliminated. So I guess his his offseason started. It it was announced that he signed to Rock Nation Sports, and it's like you know that's a good move. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're good for that. I was, that was a dope moment though. It was crazy. I was excited that's to see it. Cool. I gotta get to try my hardest to get that. I, I'm gonna uh, blow the picture up of him and Josh shaking hands. I gotta try to get that signed by both of them, man. Like I gotta. Oh, get that'd that be sweet. Oh, that's awesome. That'd yeah. be real cool. That would go right behind you there, wouldn't it? Yep, it would be literally right <laughs> forever, <laughs> forever, <laughs> bro. Literally, that that exact picture is like my like one of my most surreal moments of my life as a Bills fan. Just being like, that's mm-hmm. a Bills quarterback, it's, and that's Jay Z. <laughs> How far I think when it happened, I tweeted, I was like, I'm gonna cry. Like it was just it was just <laughs> moment. it was beautiful. Yeah. Well, we've 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 gone all over the place here. We've gone Jay-Z, we've gone back and forth to the Jets and the Dolphins. <laughs> we spent like 20 minutes, I think, on the offense. And the last thing I wanted to get to while we're here, um, the race for the one seed. I think that you know the, the AFC one seed is realistically in sight. Um, for me and Micah, I think, you know, we've said it probably 30 times on each show. It comes down to the Cincinnati game. It, that's really what it comes down to. I'm pretty confident in our ability to take down every other opponent. The way we handled the Pats and Foxborough, not worried about that the last week of the season. Chicago Bears say, defense. I I'm still slightly terrified about Justin Fields, but we'll, yeah. we'll get there next week. We'll get there next yeah. week. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, do you see the chiefs possibly dropping a game? Is it win out is a must for the bills right now? Um, because the chiefs are a little more, um, a little more inconsistent, a little more wishy-washy that some people kind of are remembering that they almost lost to Malik Willis and they did lose to Matt Ryan and the Colts. Well, I tell you, um, so they have the Texans this week and then they have the Seahawks, they have the Broncos again, and then the Raiders. Look, division games are always tough. They mm-hmm. almost lost to the Broncos. This, or I don't want to say almost lost. It was a, it was a tough, tougher game than they thought. So yeah. um, if Russell Wilson went and went out with that concussion, who knows? And that's crazy to say this year because he's been he's absolute cheeks this year. He looked good. But <laughs> it's horrible. But yeah. they almost won that game. So you, mm-hmm. you look at that. Um, the Texans, I think they'll demolish the Texans this Sunday. Yeah, the Seahawks are not a walk in the park. They're like it's not it's not an easy thing looking at the Seahawks. Um, Geno Smith is playing lights out. Like Rex Ryan probably wishes Geno Smith was playing like that years ago, where he still would be coaching. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So so that's not a walk in the park. Um, and then, like I said, the Raiders, man. Anytime you have the league leader in rushing and you have a Devontae Adams type receiver, you're always going to be. So to, to answer your first question, I don't. I don't think it's a guarantee that they went out, but for the bills, um, I'm with you. Like, I think, I think the game that I'm worried about the most is the Bengals, but don't sleep on the bears. I think a lot of times, you know, we overlook, and and this is just a conversation I've been having with a few people. Sure. You look at the emergence of their quarterback and the way he's been playing over the last seven weeks, he had an injury. So he was out for a week or two, but you look at, you just look at the stretch of games. Once they started to figure out how to run the offense through him, he's running the ball like, 
Lamar Jackson, and then he's th- when he is on the run, he's able to throw the ball with accuracy, and his receivers are step. De- uh, Mooney is step like mm-hmm. don't sleep on those guys. And, and the Buffalo Bills were good against the run. We're not good against running quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. like we put pressure on him in that yeah. game against Baltimore, but he's still Lamar Jackson. He still scared us. Don't like. So I think we should beat him. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, the Bills are yeah, going to take yeah, an L. Yeah. But what I'm saying is any given Sunday, and that game is one that I have circled. It's like Christmas Eve. Players are probably like, oh, you know, it's Christmas Eve. We'll go party in Chicago. We'll go. Don't sleep on those boys. It's, it's a whole mm-hmm. different thing. Yeah, Micah is in Chicago, and he's very, I very am, regretful man. that he won't be at that game. Um, to me, it looks yeah, a lot well, like it looks NFL a lot schedule like makers are my worst enemy, but that's all right. Yep. <laughs> you know it reminds me a lot of the detroit game though like we're kind of overlooking it we're thinking like oh this could be high scoring but it'll be a blowout like you know it's it's not a foregone conclusion that that is a win um i i have a habit of going like ebbs and flows of me picking the bills on this show is i'll pick a blowout they'll humble me and then i won't pick a blowout <laughs> And then I'll be like, oh, we won easily that game. Time to pick another blowout. And then I'll get humbled. It's just like the same thing over and over again. I haven't been close on a single prediction this year. It's been terrible. <laughs> you know, I, I was good in the first like three, four weeks. And then, yeah. you know, it just, no, you know what? When when Josh Allen got injured at the Jets game, after that, it jacked me up. Like, because it was like, oh, crap. Man. Man. Yeah, because he his arm just – I still don't think he's Josh. Like, I, I still think he's kind of ling- – has some lingering effects from that. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully this weekend we'll see him turn it up because, like I said, we were supposed to beat the, the Dolphins the first time, and their fan base is absolutely, uns- like, just insufferable. And there's one content creator in – like I know, in I know who you're thinking of. You already yep. know. Yeah. And <laughs> the moment the, cl- the, the, moment the, the clock says zero <laughs> – I am going to unleash on this dude. Like y'all, if y'all have never seen Fence participate in Twitter beef, I'm telling you, it's happening Saturday night. Like, you, I don't care if the Bills win by one or 100, he is about to get this work. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, I've been Thank waiting. For, like, I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting because he's just the way he talked to the chefs, the way he talked to other people. That was just, like, I mean, okay, y'all won. I get it. It's your Super Bowl in week. What was it? Week four, week five. I get it. It's your mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yeah, man, congrats. I'm going. Oh, I'm going. Uh, y'all won one game against the Bills in the last five years, basically. <laughs> Maybe two. So they won one game. The first game Josh played against them when uh, uh, there was a Charles drop play in the dropped end zone, them. Yeah. yeah, when he dropped. And then now this one, you win yeah. when you should have lost. Our players were out because of heat exhaustion. Diggs mm-hmm. had had freaking uh, IVs in his arm at halftime. We had no <laughs> offensive linemen. We were down to our third string offensive linemen. And you're celebrating. It's the game. You go. You injuries are part of the game. You can't use it as an excuse. Now they mm-hmm. want to use every excuse in the book because they injured and beat up. <laughs> Man, get the hell out of it. No, I can't wait for. <laughs> Saturday night. If they lose because Tyreek Hill is out, I can't Man. wait to watch you unleash that Man. back on them. Injuries aren't an excuse. Not it's, an excuse. I just, <laughs> I just wanted all those people in that moment. Like, have you ever experienced like a full leg cramp? Imagine your whole body. Yeah. Your whole that. body. Whole body. Dick said, I've never felt anything like it in my life. In his <laughs> life, he's in the NFL for how long? He's never felt anything like that? He said he was having cramps 
on the side of his stomach, his back, his legs, and feet at the same time. Oh like, could God. you imagine, like, first of all, you ever have a Charlie horse wake you up or something like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The worst. I'm, like, screaming. Yeah. Your whole body at one time. You're like a, a walking Charlie horse. <laughs> Hell no. And, and y'all think, it's not an excuse. We lost, but y'all There's gonna celebrate context. that. Yeah. That's not happening cold. It mm-hmm. might hurt a little bit, but we're not getting full body Charlie horses. And then you talk <laughs> about Super Bowls. The Super Bowls in Glendale this year. It's a dome. If it's cold, they're gonna close that thing up. Let's see mm-hmm. you like, let's see you on a level playing field. Y'all want to talk this talk. It was it was literally man, I was at the game. I spent like 65 bucks on water and it wasn't enough. Jesus. Like I could when we got out of the game, I could not wait to get some Gatorade. I got a liquid IV and <laughs> all jokes aside. I no, I no, I believe my, you. Bro, yeah. it was like it was insane. It's no joke, bro. Wow. So it's no insane. joke. I was at I was at Rolling Loud this year in Miami, humid, yeah. hot, hand in that heat. Like that's not a joke. Like that Miami mm-hmm. heat, it just wears on it's you. Different, man. UV index yeah. of like twelve. Like no one. That's the thing people in Buffalo don't think about is UV and even in any northern, northeast, Midwest, mm-hmm. anything. They don't think about UV index as a thing. And then you go to Miami, it's like yeah, if it's 13, 12 out there, you better be, you better be ready. <laughs> Yeah. And the humidity was insane because that was the weekend of the hurricane too. So like a lot of That's a right. lot of um, places mm-hmm. had to evacuate, and it wasn't like directly on Miami, but they were feeling certain effects from it. It was yeah. just different, man. And so it's like, okay, y'all got us on that one, but you you wait till Saturday night at what well, the game is. It started eight twenty, so it ends at what Something like eleven like fifteen. Yeah. You wait till eleven yeah. sixteen. You just wait. <laughs> you have an alarm in your phone right now. You it's, you got man. you got a reminder. You got notes apps. You got, I got everything. bookmarks. I got yeah, bookmarks. Do. I already got, I got, oh I got so gosh. many receipts. He going to catch this work. He gonna yeah, I haven't seen someone work. as mad as you talking about this dude since the last time I heard someone say Kirk Cousins is good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jay Spence, it's been an absolute pleasure, my man. I appreciate you taking the time tonight. Before we let you go, we want to get a prediction for this weekend. Give us a score. If you're wrong, you're an idiot. If you're, if you're right, you are the smartest guy I know. Okay. Okay, so I'm probably an idiot here, but cool. uh, self-awareness is key. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've been doing pretty good when it comes to the bills lately. Um, yeah, so okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to keep the streak going. So DraftKings they opened with seven and a half in favor of the Bills. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills are gonna cover. I think the Bills okay. are gonna cover. I think it's gonna be like okay. like a 13 point victory. So I'm gonna go with like Buffalo, like 35. You know, so maybe not 13, but like mm-hmm. 35-21. I think yeah. they'll, they'll still be able to get some points up. So I'll, I'll give us a two-touchdown lead. We're going to win right. that game. That's it. 35-21. Two-score game. Another opportunity for the, for the Bills to win a one-score game that is squandered, but that's okay, I guess. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. As long right? as we win. Big dubs. As long as we win. And dubs. you'll be in the building, so they better. Yeah, you will be in making, the building. If you're making the yeah. cross-country trek, they better. Yeah. They better when do you get in? Tonight. I get in Thursday. It's going to be a good time. I'll be there. So if if anybody's going to the game, make sure you stop by the uh, the Bills Mafia house. I'll be celebrating with Ruben Brown. And nice. uh, actually tomorrow, if you guys aren't doing anything, anybody watching this and listening, uh, check out the Hump Day Hotline. I'm going to have Ruben Brown and Jerry Ostrowski on. We're going to be talking offensive line oh, stuff. Nice. Beat up on Spencer Brown a little bit. He made me mad. So we're going to talk <laughs> offensive line. And uh, But yeah, Saturday, if you're if you're at the game, please come and kick it with us. It's 
got a live DJ, got a live band. We got oh, yeah. food. We got heaters. We got all this. I'm going to be at the heater. So y'all can come find me. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. I remember the la- my cousin moved down to Arizona a few years ago, and I went down with him. And his car was 120 degrees on the inside the one day. And I was like, do you have seat coolers? And he was like, no, I do not. <laughs> Man, you could cook. You could cook something in your car. Yeah, you Mythbusters <laughs> proved that. They proved that you can do that actually. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> uh, spe- thanks for being with us, man. Especially all things going around in, in the Bills media sphere right now. Uh means the world that you make the time for us tonight. Shout Appreciate out, Spence. You. Shout out my co-host Jake Micah. Shout out Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. I know when Spence is here in town, he's gonna have to stock up with some with some liquor for the game because he's gonna have to stay warm. So he'll probably be going to Outlet Liquor, the real heaters, the place to buy a case. Those, those are the real heaters that you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we will be live. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> we'll be live on Thursday, I believe, with Greg Thompson. He is about done, nice. I think, with his battle with almost possibly pneumonia. He almost did the Michael Jordan flu game on a podcast with us last week. We said rest up and get better. Hopefully, <laughs> he'll be with us on Thursday. But until then, for myself, Jake, Micah, Jay Spence, all of Trainwreck Sports, thank you for listening, and good night now.